The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com. He came to this country with less than $2,000 in his pocket. He knew three people and launched a mortgage company when the housing market was crashing. So how did he do it? This is The Principal. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director of the Mortgage News Network. And if you haven't guessed yet, we're talking about Insta Mortgage CEO Shashank Shaker. Our own Andrew Berman got a chance last week to talk to Shaker about what he would do if he was in the same situation today. So you entered the business in 2008. And while the current market is vastly different than 2008, uh, the struggle to find uh, qualified and interested borrowers is somewhat similar. Um, what would you do if you had to build your business from the ground up with only $1,800 in the bank and limited contacts like you did in twenty uh, in 2008? Yeah, I mean, the the challenge to find clients is the same. But 2008, in my opinion, was, was much worse from a loan officer perspective. Uh, the fear... Um, in the markets, the fact that mortgage was probably the dirtiest word, not just in the country, but probably on the planet. It was it was being considered as the cause of the financial meltdown that we were seeing. So just from a sentiment perspective, I think we were in a much worse market in 2008. I know the industry took a huge hit in 2022. I'm not discounting the fact, but from a loan officer perspective, we still did over $2 trillion last year. So that's, if you look at it in isolation and don't compare it from 2020 in 2021, that's a pretty strong year uh, for a mortgage business uh, for the industry to cross $2 trillion. But really, uh, if I had to go back and, and really rebuild it, so if I was coming in the business in 2022, like I did in 2008 with $1,800 in savings and three people that I know knew in the entire country back then, I would probably do exactly the same thing. Uh, I mean, the year might be 2022, but the strategies that I used back then uh, is still very much holds valid. If anything, it's, it's probably there's more need to do something like that. Uh, the fact that I focused on content strategy, uh, about writing blogs, reaching out to borrowers, uh, focusing on referral relationship, focusing on database management. And we will talk a little bit more about some of these things in the webinar that we are doing. But really, it's still, I, I would probably say my top three, four strategies hold as good today as it uh, as it held good in 2008, 2009. Fantastic. In 2021, when we interview you, you said... When things get difficult, you have a lot of people who leave the industry because they're used to business being easy and they're not used to unemployment, foreclosure rates rising, um, you know, record levels uh, to, to record levels and lending guidelines getting stricter than, stricter than they used to be. That leaves some better quality professionals and we like it that way. So have you been seeing this as an opportunity to gain market share? Yeah, and, and not just me. I think I think a lot of loan officers need to think it that way, that the volume may be lower than where what what we were um 
used to, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say used to because it was quite an anomaly. What we got in 2020 and 2021 is probably once in a generation kind of a volume and interest rate. So we shouldn't just start using that as a benchmark anymore. Uh, but really what you will see is that the, the, the market size might be lower, but you're also competing with much less people. Um, and and you're right. I mean, we don't want part-time loan officers in the industry who come in when there is refinance and when, who, who leave when, when the markets become tough is because part-time loan officers are really, they're just part-time, meaning the sense that they are not providing the highest quality of service. They don't have that kind of knowledge that's required to guide clients for the biggest financial decisions of their life. So I actually want to see in us in an, an industry where we get a few months of tough life so that it weeds out some of those people and leaves people like me and a lot of other qualified loan officers who are who are out there and trying to get business so that's where i take the heart from is the fact that yes there is probably half a billion dollars of less business there but also significantly lower number of loan officers when i got in 08 and 09 65% of the people left the industry i know the exodus is is not as significant as it was back then, but that's happening is because you can't live, most loan officers, at least a, a, a few of them, cannot live in a market which is 80, 90% purchase. It's not, it's, it's not easy business and they can't handle a market like that. Perfect, excellent. All right. Shank, um, what are your expectations for 2023? I am actually very optimistic and starting the year with a lot of hope. Uh, there has uh, a few things that has happened just in the last few weeks that that gives me hope. Uh, interest rate, I think, climbed way too quickly uh, last year. And that's what impacted the purchase market because refinance was supposed to go down. Uh, that was, I mean, you can't really live with the two and a half, three percent interest rate. But what really spooked all of us was the fact that Rates went from just low threes to over 7% that quickly, which has never happened in the industry. So all of us were kind of left flabbergasted. All of us were left as if we had no plans to tackle that is because no one could see uh, that happening. But I personally think that once the rates hit uh, low fives, you're in a five, five and a quarter, five and a half, which is not too far from where we are right now we will start seeing resurgence of purchase market. That's what, uh, from the data that I looked last year, um, is that that's when I think it, it kinds of hits a tipping point. Once you go over five and a half, borrowers start, the affordability becomes a problem. It becomes a sentiment issues and people start to kind of wait and watch. Once you start going lower than that, that's when you're causing, that's where you're causing the markets to kind of stay at, at a balance. It become, doesn't become a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market, but that's the kind of demand um, that we will start seeing. And with two, three actually back-to-back -back, uh, moderate inflation numbers, I am getting very, very hopeful is that we might have a month or two where it may not follow the pattern that we have seen here. So we should be ready for a slight bit of a bumpy ride over the next two or three months. But everything is pointing towards the fact that it should stabilize around that that uh, number. It might, we might even get lucky and get into the force uh, if the inflation number continues to cool down the way it is. So I'm starting the year with a lot of hope and optimism. Uh, but for the purchase market, of course, we'll catch some refinance because people who closed their loans last year, the six seven percent, 
would come back in the market and we'll be doing those refinances, which is not a huge amount of volume, but it's still some, and we'll take any in this market. So, so both from a refinance perspective, which will not be huge, but still be there in terms of opportunity and specifically about purchase because demand remains very, very strong even now. Fantastic. Two more questions and I'm good. All right. So how has your own business changed in 2022 and what changes are you planning to make for 2023? So business uh, has to change as the markets change. Um, most of the time, you should try to stay ahead of the curve is, is what I have done. One of the things that you would say that I do better than most is to, is to stay ahead of that curve, meaning that I try to see where the markets will be in six months and try to work on that now, or even 12 months. Some of the things that in demographic shifts, which will happen probably two or three years down the road, we are trying to work on the, that right now to be to be ahead of the curve. But a year like 2022 sometimes, I mean, just throws you a curveball, something that nobody ever expected. I mean, literally, I don't think one person on the planet could predict what happened to the interest rates. And we were just taken aback. It was it was something that we couldn't plan for. And so we were kind of behind the curve. Most of the industry was, and I'll be honest, that I was as well. Um, and so... Um, as quickly as we would like to move to the purchase market, I couldn't do that as quickly as, as, I, as I would have liked. But coming into 2023, you already know what is going to be served. That's that's a good thing about 2023, at least to, to the most part. I mean, there might be half a percent of fluctuation rates, uh, plus or minus than, than what we are expecting. But it's it's hopefully it will stay in that kind of a range, which means you are getting into the year with, with kind of knowing what's going to happen. We didn't know that in 2020. We didn't know that in 2021. We didn't know that in 2022, good or bad, but we didn't know that. What happened in those three years back to back it's something which was unprecedented. We are getting into 2023, hopefully, with the sense that it'll be more of a stable year. It won't be crazy, but it shouldn't be that bad. Given that, a lot of things that, that we did in the second half of the year, um, moving towards that purchase market, going back to basics. Uh, but I'll talk in the webinar a lot about how to build realtor relationship. When I got into the business in 08, 09, as I said before, I had zero realtor relationships because I knew three people in the entire country. Uh, and none of them were, were, were realtors. But three years later, I had 100 strong referring realtor using the same strategy that I'm going to talk about in the webinar. But we went back to some of those basics, some of the things that we weren't spending as much time as we should have been. And, and that has really moved the market, moved the, the business. Uh, it still remained strong, uh, but really has, has moved there. And there are a ton of things that we are doing in 2023, which I usually want to talk about a strategy when I have tested it, tried it, it's successful. And then I want to talk to, to the loan officers and share that. So there are a couple of new things we are we are trying this year that hopefully I can come back later in the year and talk about it if if the if the results are good. But really going back to the basics is good enough for 99% of the loan officers. I love actually that you're experimenting with things today and, and like you're, you're trying new things. You have a proven business model that, that, that seems to work, but you know, if you just keep doing the things you're always doing, you're just going to continue to get the same results and not right. have, you know, these, these quantum leaps that you've had in, in business. So uh, is there any like major initiatives that you can see that you've, you've been involved in, uh, you know, for, or that you're planning on being involved in in 2023 that you think might have actually some uh, significant lift? 
Yeah, first of all, I think we need to look uh, at a market like this in, in not a unidimensional way. A lot of us try to focus on one kind of uh, acquisition model. So we are consumer direct or we work with realtors, or we work with 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 customers and then expecting them to refer business. Most of them have most of us have 70, 80 percent of our business coming from one pillar of acquisition, which is which is a problem in a market like this. We saw that crumble last year and and that will be a problem this year, next year when it's a strong purchase market. So one of the things that that I do is strongly recommend um, and I'll I'll be talking about this is to have that two, three, four dimensional business model where you're looking at acquisition as probably four strong pillars. And the earlier you start working on it, that's what I did very, very early is to not just to start looking at one source as a business, and I mentioned that that whether it was ball blogging or database management or realtor relationship or CPA relationship, I started working on that so that in about two, three years, all of these, those become very solid, solid pillars of business. And I think that's what is important in a market like this is that you're looking, if you're looking at that big lift, you're looking at that quantum leap, you need to be working at at least three to four very solid pillars of acquisition. So uh, just last question in the upcoming webinar, top three strategies to make a 2023 a wildly successful year. You're going to talk about three big problems every originator faces. I know you're going to deep dive into what these problems are, but can you give us a give us a tease of what these what these problems are? And then on the webinar, we'll figure out exactly how to address these problems. Sure. And that's uh, that's my uh, kind of skill about simplifying bigger problems. When I got in the business, struggled for the first 12 months, uh, expectedly so, of course. It was 2008. I didn't know anyone. I had no money. Uh, so I closed seven loans, which is what, half a loan a month. Um, in, in the first 12, 12 months or so. Also, when, when I was talking to loan officers, I was going to industry events. Somehow, I was getting the feeling that a loan officer has to solve for a million problems to be successful. And that's what's really confusing me is that if, if this business is that hard, I don't think I'll ever be able to succeed. And then I kind of and sat down and, and thought through it and then realized that really, it's not that big a deal. I mean, we are trying to make it a big deal, but really, there are three essential problems that a loan officer has to solve to become wildly successful. I'm not even saying moderately successful or just about survive. I'm saying wildly successful, like become one of the top 200, 300 loan officers in the country. And those three problems to me really distill down to the fact is that how do you get more leads? How do you convert more leads? And then how do you get those converted leads to refer you more leads? Really, it comes down to as simple as those three things. How do you get more clients? And once they come into your door, how are you able to convert it? What is your conversion ratio? And then once you've converted it, meaning you've closed those clients, how do you get those clients to keep referring you business, whether they come back to you themselves or they refer you their friends, family, colleagues, whoever that is. If you solve those three problems, that's 90% of your business. And that will give you the quantum leap. If, even if you do consistently work on that for six to nine months, irrespective of what volume you're sitting on, whether you do one loan or 10 loans a month, you will see that business dramatically go up just by solving those three problems. And sometimes just in your head, when you simplify a problem, the solutions are much easier. But if in your head you're thinking, oh, I need to solve for 100 things to become successful at this business, you have probably lost it even before you have tried doing something about it. 
Yes. Perfect. Love it. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, I, I, your uncanny ability to always break down these, you know, somewhat uh, seemingly complicated and, you know, unobtainable goals into small things. Uh, it's just always great. So we'll be right back with your headlines after a message from our sponsor. The Originator Connect Network, the nation's largest producer of mortgage events, is about fostering a community founded on professionalism, collaboration, and personal and professional growth, connecting you to the story of your success. Here are your headlines for today, January 17th. A federal bankruptcy judge has certified a class action lawsuit filed by former employees of First Guarantee Mortgage Corp, who were laid off without warning in June. In other news, prices for single-family homes increased at a slower rate in the fourth quarter of last year. According to Fannie Mae's Home Price Index, single-family home prices increased at a non-seasonally adjusted annual rate of 9.2% in the fourth quarter of 2022, compared to the same quarter last year. And finally, Legacy Bank and Trust Company announced the acquisition of Crane Mortgage Group, a Dallas-based provider of secondary market, FHA, and HUD multifamily loans. Terms of the transaction were not disclosed. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.